Hello and welcome to the Two Tones. Tony DeBolfo. G'day, Tone. Greetings, Tone. How's uh, things? And, yeah, very good. Tony Moclair here. It's episode 21. Well, there's only really... There's one name that just stands head and shoulders, obviously. The it Great drops, Rattles. It jumps off the page, doesn't it? Part of the... Uh, uh, I don't know, the the immortal triumvirate. Mm. Oh, very true. You know, you think those South Australians that came across and, my word, weren't we grateful for their um, oh. for their uh, collective energies here at Princess Park? You know, the great S. Kernahan, um, Peter Motley, who yeah. unfortunately we didn't get to see the best of, but they always say may have been the best of the best, yeah, yeah. and the great Craig Bradley, who you've alluded to, the game's record holder here at Carlton, Tony. Um, other other 21s? Who? Yes, who? yes. Curly Austin. Oh, Curly God. Austin. Yes. And Barry Gill, yeah. the, the great, both premiership be... players, yeah. of course. Barry was there when the whips were cracking in 1970, holding up the... Uh, the back line with um, Kevin Hall and Serge Silvani when the whips were cracking yeah. for that famous victory. Um, Curley, of course, I think played in 79, if memory serves, and then was cruelly taken out in a training mishap in the week of the 82 grand final by Frank Marquezani, do you recall? Really? No. Um, spent the weekend of that game uh, in hospital. Uh, uh, there's a famous photo tone of Parkin and I think David Clark, Marquezani, might have been Rod Ashman, visiting Curley mm. in hospital after the game with the cup. Right. So that's uh, a, a cruel twist of fate for the great man, Curly Austin, but a great servant of the club he was, as, of course, was the great C. Bradley Indeed. and Barry Gill. Well, uh, yeah, I I, uh, I know I had Curly's Scanlon's footy card in Did you? Did so you? Yeah, I hope you didn't kick like Curly, did you? <laughs> no. no. Oh. <coughs> well, speaking of kicking that didn't find its mark... Uh, <laughs> There's two players who um, who might have a little explaining to do. Uh, we know them um, as Jack Silvani and Levi, uh, but look, that's by the by. It was a it was it was a great it was an exciting match to watch. It, it really was. was. It and really was because it was a contest. At, you know, first couple of minutes, I thought, "Oh crikey, here it, we go." It was looking ugly, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, but then just Carlton brawled their way back into it. From the course of the Essendon game. That's right. And you would have to say had the best of the second and third quarters. Yes. And, you know, and were right in the game that finished, let's mm. be honest. And, yes, as you've alluded to, had Jack nailed that one late in the last quarter, I think that might have been all she wrote. Yeah, because it would have been a 16-point uh, lead. Yes. You know, halfway through the, the last quarter. Yes. Biggest lead of the day. And pretty much in the context of a game like that, unassailable, yep. Essendon were woefully inaccurate. Well, they were. They were. I mean, I, I mean, I don't know whether the conditions were swirling. I hate to uh, make excuses for the players, but it, it, it was, was probably windy there. blustery. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, you know, you, you reflect on what might have been in the games that can't have been in this year, and you know, it, you know, I think they they don't really tell the true story of how mm. competitive Carlton has been this year. We've been in so many games, you know, and at a pinch could have won, you know. Well, that's six. Going yeah, yeah. Well, that's right. Now. That's right. We're so, ahead. so it it hurts, but you know, all you can hope tone is that the players collectively learn mm. from the experience, and um, you know, it's always said that you learn more. Of, from a loss anyway. Yeah. So um, hopefully that's put away into the collective memory bank and um, we, we don't find ourselves in that situation again in the you know, not foreseeable future where we, we can actually lock, you know, put games away and, um, and uh, ice games without having to uh, worry about any late rearguard action. Exactly. Well, that's what you want. But uh, look, it was a, 
you know, as I said, it was a real contest. It was great to watch. It was um, just dreadful to hear the uh, the wrong song at the end of the game. Um, <laughs> there were some outstanding uh, individual efforts. Can I just point to one? We've got because we've, we've got a lot of names to mention here, Tone. The late season revival of Samo has just oh, been magnificent to watch. Very good call, Tony. He's been he, he, he's sublime with his skills. He's a, glor- a beautiful player to watch. You know, a lovely mover and a, a great decision maker. Yeah. who tends not to waste a possession. Um, you know, just one of those players seems to float a, across the top of the ground. You know, you have to keep reminding yourself that this was a, a, a this is a player in his first year that yeah. you know missed preseason. Yeah, and is still. You know, he's had his ups and downs along the way. He yeah. had that, you know, that trough um, mid midway through the season, but he's come back and um, he's playing great football. The fact that you know that that he's playing midfield, um, you know, is a reflection of the faith that you know the the Brendan Bolton, the coaching staff, obviously has in his capabilities, mm. uh, not only his talents, but his capacity to to hang in and 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 really uh, make a make an impression. And you know, when when we Reflect on 2017. We're going to look at you know players like Petrescu, Seaton, and Kerno. Mm. All those players, the ones that really started to step up, and um, you know it's so exciting just to to think for a moment about where these players are heading, mm. and and you know how high the moon isn't it? Because the yeah. improvement in these players. Well, it's difficult to quantify, but um, they're the players that are going to take Carlton forward because they're the ones that are going to improve most. Exactly, and you can see that when somebody with his skills and, more importantly, work rate, plus his initiative, he's he's just a great footballer to to watch. Yes, and he's a great story, isn't it, when you think about it too. Um, Now, you mentioned that he's essentially an old head on young shoulders. Nobody uh, typifies that more than... An old favourite here of the two tones, Jakob Vietering, <laughs> who we know has been in somewhat uh, in different form. I think he's, he's been struggling a bit this year. Yes, there goes a couple of boys past the media centre now, Tony, as well, we speak. Of course, huge fans, of course, of the two tones. They're just going to their computers to download today's episode. <laughs> Jakob's game, what did you make of it, Tone? Yes, I was impressed by Jakob's game, but more so in the context of the year, Tony, and what you were alluding to then, his capacity to, to fight back. Yeah. You know, because he has been down for a, a little while. You know, maybe it's a second-year blues, whatever it might be. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe it's been a bit of a struggle, but that's all part of a young player's football life, I, I believe. You know, there are going to be, you know, downers along mm. the way. And I, I suppose it's how well and how professional you are in fighting through that and, and understanding that, you know, it's not always going to be, um, you know, beer and skittles. Mm. You know, you, you have to find a way to get through a, 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 a lull or a, or a down patch in your career. And I think when you reflect on Weedering, the way Weedering's playing now, I, I keep that in the forefront of my mind. You know, that he's had to really work work his way through a, mm. um, a, a you know, a, a, a mini. Dark patch, I suppose. Yeah, you'd say. well, like a, a doldrum, a which, doldrum, which every player is entitled to. They that, happen. That's you know, it. They just that's do. It. And I think what I love about Weetering is the way that he, he he seems to me to be very cool under pressure, and um, you know he certainly backs himself. You know, in a one on one, he seems to always make good position, and I do like the way that he um, he can uh, you know put the ball to Carlton's advantage once mm. he's in possession. So I think. I think uh, you know he's learning the craft along the way. Um, what is he? Tw- you know, twenty-five games into his career now, I su- suppose, maybe more. Um, but he's certainly you know making inroads with every every quarter of football he plays, and that's 
got to be good for Carroll. Well, exactly, and, and, and I hope he builds on that form uh, next week, or this week, I should say, against uh, West Coast. We'll preview that game in a moment. A couple of other standouts from the uh, Essendon-Carlton game, Tone. Uh, the Doc. Uh, well, I want you to talk about Mark Murphy, Bryce Gibbs, and uh, Maddie, who we know is a, uh, a, a perennial favourite yes. of the two tones. But um, if you just want to touch on the games of those four players yes. and, and give us your thoughts. The, well, the Doc, I mean, the Doc has to be in line for all Australian selection mm. this year. I, I think he's... Um, his, uh, you know, high-caliber performances have been matched only by his consistency of mm. performance through games. He's been a, he's been a, a, a most uh, impressive player for Carlton this year on the end of a great season last year. Tony, yeah. our, our winner, of well, course. Our, yes, our inaugural our winner. Our inaugural winner. Tones. And I, I would hazard a guess that he's going to be up there again, probably in our award and also the BNF. Um, great year for, for Carlton. Um, Mark Murphy. Um, led from the front. You know, I throw Gibbs into the, the um, equation here too because you have to keep reminding yourself that with the absence of, of Charlie, of, uh, sorry, of Ed Kerno yeah. and, um, G- and Patrick Cripps yep. and also last week Dave Cunningham, um, it's all falling on on the shoulders of Murphy and, and Gibbs. And um, uh, I had a great chat to Murph uh, last week, uh, just a Q and a with him about, you know, life at life, uh, in 2017 mm. and you know he, he was talking about the emergence of the young players and saying well um, I suppose people know what they're going to get with players like myself mm. uh, Bryce and Matty Cruiser but the real improvement in Carlton is going to come from the improvement in the young players mm. so uh, I think like all of us a player like Murphy who's uh, had to weather the hard times in recent years is, is genuinely excited about uh, what the immediate future holes for the club uh, on the backs of these young players that we've already talked about. So um, all power to Murph for, for you know, continuing to fly the flag under, you know, under a fair degree of duress with our lack of numbers. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, he's leading from the front, and yeah. that's what captains do, Tony. Yes. Fantastic to see. Um, now, who did else did you mention? Uh, Bryce Gibbs. Bryce, well, again, Bryce, I, I, I think he's, been, again, had to – you know, shoulder much of the load uh, in the absence of his fellow midfielders. I've got a feeling um, Dave Cunningham is in the mix for yes, this week. Yes, he is. So, so that's got to help the uh, the midfield cause uh, collectively. But, you know, when you look at um, where we're at and the teams that are up and about, you look at Richmond and Adelaide and, you know, they've got something like seven or eight, maybe nine midfielders all mm. rotating through that position. Yeah. And it's sheer weight of numbers that yeah. are probably catching up with us at the moment or, or lack thereof. Now, uh, Matty Cruz's game, um, he's a god. He, he, he just he's a, is. He's such a workhorse, isn't he? And, and you know, the um, we talked about how, you know, perhaps Murphy and Gibbs are, are under, you know, are, are dealing with a fair bit of duress. Cruz is the sort of bloke that seems to thrive on the work, on the work yeah. that's thrown his way, you know. Um, I've been so impressed with his capacity to keep on keeping on through every game this season. Mm. And, you know, never has there probably been a better illustration of the requirement that a player has to have of a full pre-season to get him through the rigours of a, of a home and away year. And I think Matty Cruiser, you know, uh, for the first time in a long time, he's... Um, his body hasn't let him down. You know, mm. his, his body's been up for the challenges of uh, a long and arduous pre-season campaign, uh, season campaign, and uh, and here we are, you know, in the uh, run home, a couple of games to go, and he's flying. He's absolutely flying, and um, he's going to give the uh, 
John Nichols' middle one hell of a shake. Won't it be magnificent if he does take it to see the great man, Big Nick, um, present the award oh, to, yes, to Big Cruz. Please. So, um, yeah. So. Uh, well, there, there's, uh, there will be thunderous applause filling the room if and when that happens. Now, Tone, um, I want to say one thing before you give us the three, two, one vote. Yes. It was a remarkably consistent performance by the entire team. There was uh, one or two players who I won't mention, but just generally speaking, it was... Um, it, it was a well-fought contest. Well, it was. You know, uh, you know, maybe we fell away at the, at the right at the death. Mm. Um, you know, it would have been lovely to see us prevail. You know, yeah. after getting those couple of goals in front. But yes, uh, I think I'm sure the senior coach is looking for consistency of performance through four quarters. Mm. And um, I think what's been pleasing was we, we have hung in. You know, I know mm. the results haven't been there, and we haven't been getting wins the wins we would, would have liked. But we, I don't think we've necessarily fallen away either. Mm. You know, I think, you know, we've, we've been in contests for a long time and we're hanging in and hanging in. And I, I think the players can, you know, look themselves in the mirror mm. and say, well, I, you know, I gave it my all for the team. You know, they, they, um, they, uh, they've left everything out there. You know, when they've come off the ground, they're spent. And um, at the end of the day, all you can ask is for, for effort. And I think we are getting that mm. uh, from yes. the players, given the circumstances of the, the end of the season. Well, yeah, exactly. Late yep. in the season yep. to still be yep. – uh, yep. to not be dropping the heads. Yep. Uh, the, your 3-2-1 votes, Tony. Well, well I, I, you know, the three players that we've mentioned, Tony, in depth, um, uh, Bob up here, uh, one vote I gave to the captain. I, as I said, I thought he, he led from the front. Mark Murphy was outstanding really throughout the entire game. Matty Cruiser, um, I gave two votes to because I thought he was tremendous again. Um, um, you know, it all starts from the centre bounce yeah. with the big fella and uh, he's working hard around the ground and um, it's just lovely to see him moving so freely and let's hope, we we all hope and pray that, you know, he can he can keep that consistency of performance yes. going, you know, um, into next year and beyond. And three votes, um, well, I had to go with uh, Liam Jones. I, I just oh. thought... To uh, he, he had the he had the unenviable task, mm. let's face, of um, standing Joe Danaher, and and it looked early as though uh, Danaher was going to really rip the game apart. They tightened up on him in the you know after really quarter time, and I just thought that um, Liam Jones was outstanding, you know, with his with his field marking and mm. um, rebounding, you know, uh, um, moments really uh, I think rubbed off on the players. You know, it's I think. The, the Jones story is one that everyone is is sort of um, responding to. Not only the supporters that you know, really none of us can remember a player that's turned his career around so quickly in such a short space of mm. time. But I think I think Liam Jones's peers look at him now with a with a, a you know a respect for the for the journey that he's had. You yeah. know and how his is a salient example that you know. What is he, 24, 25 now? That, you know, there's still life at 24, 25. You're not necessarily washed up and out, yeah. of the, out of the system, you know, three or four or five games a year or how many years into your career. And um, I think it's admirable, you know, the way that he's, um, the way that he's turned, turned it around. And all power to him and whoever it was, whether it was Paul Brody or the coach that had this, um, you know, this light bulb moment said, why, why not put him back and let's see what happens? Because since he's gone into defence, he hasn't looked back. 
Well, you know, the, the, the parallel is uh, some bright spark who in about 1940 said, why don't we put a Rolls-Royce Merlin in a P-51 Mustang? What's the worst that could happen? Well, the worst that could happen is you produce the greatest fighter aircraft of World War II. Is that so? And that is what's happened with Liam Jones. Is that, is that so? So you're, you're comparing Liam with a what? what with a, a P-51 Mustang. <laughs> Pure thoroughbred. What there happened to the P fifty one? Is it still? Oh, it's still getting around. around. Is yeah, it? Is it? Still, yeah, yeah, you see one yeah. at the RAAF Museum. There's yeah, one there. There's, doing its job. There's about one hundred and fifty of them in the world is still flying. Right? They're is a wonderful right? aeroplane. And only one country outside the United States manufactured them. What country would that be, Tony DeBolfo? Not us, surely. That would be it, well, right well, here in Melbourne. Well, thank you, you very go. much. I could see a a Liam Jones uh, publicity yeah. shot at one of those old aircraft, perhaps down at. Where Point are they? Cook. You say Point Cook. Cook. We Point go Cook. down there. Now, um, uh, can, I do, can I float this theory, Tone, Please with do. regards to the match review panel? We are the most hit team in 2017. Really? Have, do you think strikes on our players have sent oh, more I see. people... Oh, the hitties. Yeah, not the, the hitties, exactly. Strikes on our players have sent more... Players to the MRP than any other team this yeah, year. Well, well, look, I hadn't thought about it, but I, I mean, you know, and players high, certainly off. the high profile ones. Yeah, well, Lockie Plowman seems to have been on the wrong end of a, <laughs> of a couple of lights. Uh, yep. Matty Cruiser, of course, a much celebrated yeah, incident with Dangerfield. Then, and, and he was crook. You know, I think the thing that really irked me in the wake of that incident, Tone, yeah. was that all the commentary was around Dangerfield. Yeah, and exactly. What about the fellow that was, that was concussed. concussed? You know, I mean, there was no sympathy there. It was all about um, uh, Ben Brown, um, you know, when when he was taken out by um, the Collywood Ruckman yeah. last week. Yeah, Brody. Brody. Um, fair enough, fair yeah. enough. You know, he, he was hospitalised. But I don't recall one word of... Of um, concern, no, yeah, no hanky twisting or pearl no, clutching about our no. Matty Cruiser. No, that's right. And I had the opportunity to speak to Matty after the game last week, and I said, "Look, you know, how were you?" And he said, it "Was pretty crook for you know three days of that of last week. Yeah. He didn't train all week, so he didn't come was, back to the game no, either. No, no. So I mean, that's probably well, I should have, in retrospect, given him three votes. Thinking about it now, because he had to he had to overcome that, that yeah. setback against Geelong, and that mm. that wouldn't have been easy. You know, it's." Um, I think he told me he'd been concussed maybe twice in his career. I thought it'd been more, and I'd asked I'd asked Murph the same uh, the same question during the week, and he said, "Yeah, probably about one." He got one bad one, I think, in two thousand and fourteen against Port Adelaide at Adelaide Oval, mm. which forced him out of that game and uh, out of the following week's game, the last game for the year against Essendon, which was the draw. Uh. So that was as bad as a comfy. But you know. It, it is a concern, isn't it? Yeah. Like, you know the, the incident of concussion. But yeah, th- think about what you're saying. Uh, you know, you, you think of Plowman, and then this Cruiser one, and then yeah. and Cripps. Yeah. Cripps was on the wrong end of a couple too. You yeah, know, the, the game against Melbourne, Melbourne yeah, you um, know, the Melbourne two. game, the Melbourne game. Yeah. yeah. So so uh, so there's been there's been a lot of. Well, yeah, you mentioned it. Yeah, you you yes. probably you've anyway probably made a point. If you uh, if you want to. Yeah. Contact us here at the Two Tones and let us know if my theory stacks up, then by yeah. all means do. Now, yeah. um, the West Coast game, Saturday, August the 12th at 5.40pm. Yes. If you watch uh, Grace Phillips' fine work on carltonfc.com.au, you would know that it is Carlton's last game at Domain Stadium I, ever. I am mindful of those notes, so uh, immaculately prepared by Grace. And might I say, Tony, that... Um, I reckon we are a massive show in this game. I totally agree with that. And you know why? Because I think we've got the bloke that can stop Josh Kennedy. 
Who? Of Lee Jones? Jones Esquire. Because if you look at if you look at West Coast and I mean Kennedy's central to their you know oh, their, their forward setup yeah. and he's such a great player. Yeah. But I don't know that Liam Jones has played on Josh Kennedy before. It's a great challenge, you know, that is before him. Yeah. But you've got to think the way he's been playing that he, he'll be up for this. And I just is that, and I that just is a mouth watering matchup. It's a mouth mouth watering prospect. It truly truly is. And um, you know, I mean. We've seen Liam Jones take them all on this year and come through in flying colours. So, you know, it would be great to see him add Josh Kennedy to his, you know, ever-growing list of scalps. Yeah. Um, so I, I think we're a, a massive show. I, I believe we're in line, in line to get a couple of our younger players back. Yes. Uh, uh, Tom Williams would be a chance, uh, Cunningham's, I'd say. Cunningham's Cunningham. definitely a chance. Maybe Harry Mackay. Yes. You know, who we all want to see. All mentioned by um, uh, by Macca. Right. Again, which you can see in Carl yes. FC. Yes, we all want to see. Hopefully he's over toe, bizarre toe injury, whatever yeah. that was. Um, and, um, you know, I just think, you know, I think that inv- that invigoration will, will really help Carlton's cause at this Stage of the year, mm. and um, we, you know we go over without any any fear. Um, you know we're, we've we'll we'll be able to play with freedom, and I think you know I think the, the team would have taken a lot from last week's game. I know we didn't get the points, but we were in that game for a long time. And yeah. West Coast had a, a bad loss last week. You know how do they how do they you know re- bounce back from that? Who knows? As, you know would have they would have penciled in last week. So I think they. Yeah. You know they they would be disappointed naturally, and they'll probably come out pretty pretty hard. But I think I I'm quite bullish about our yeah. chances this week. Um, Do they win without Kennedy? Oh well, generally speaking, he's yeah, so maybe not. I mean, he's them. such an important player, and he's he's kicked fifty for the year, hasn't he? So he's been he's been you know he's been front and centre for them. Um, yeah, you, you, I'm sure they'd rather have him than not have him. But um, but um, I just think you know in Jones we trust Tony. In Jones I remember we trust. that. Amen. Well, uh, so that's um, Saturday, August the 12th, 5.40pm. That's obviously uh, Perth time. Yes. Well, no, it's our time here, but yes. it's later because it's uh, Perth time. Very true, Tone. A couple of little points I'd like to throw into the mix here too. We saw this week the announcement oh, of, of the of... great Dennis Armfield's yes. uh, uh, um, retirement. What a great man oh. he has been for Carlton. A cult hero, loved yeah. by the supporters, loved by the people here who work at Carlton, particularly the players who... Uh, and he was, a, he was a player that rung the cloth dry, that yeah. got the absolute, absolute utmost yeah. out of his career. Um, I remember when he was to be awarded life membership, he, he rang me to, to say, am I entitled to life membership? Aww. What's the ruling here? Is it yeah. eight years? And I said, yes, it is. And he, and he, and he was so excited... He said, I've done eight years, I'm, I'm eligible for life membership. It means so much to him. And I love players that play and with that passion, have the passion for the club. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they took him in as a boy from Swan Districts, you know. Um, I remember when he came to the club at the end of 2007, I think it was, early 08, he came over, I think, in that intake with Stephen Brown and maybe Chris Yaron too. Mm. And I remember doing a couple of interviews. Steve Brown was a pretty quiet fellow. And Yaz, at that time, you couldn't get a, a mm. boo out of. But Dennis was such a, an effervescent, upbeat, yep. bubbly character. And I remember thinking, oh, this is just what we need. Yeah. You know, a player that's got a little bit of life life to him. And I, I think, you know, he's been a great clubman. 
He's done a lot for charity, which has been acknowledged by the AFL. Yeah. Um, you know, he's won the Jim Steins Award for his commitments to a cause. Um, he's played, what, 150 games for the Carlton Football Club. A lot of great ones too. Yes. Um, great running player. Yeah. Like, you know, he, well, he, was, he led the time trials, didn't oh, he? For he, years did. And he, his... he did. You yeah. know, he, he was super quick. You yeah. know, um, you, know you, you, you think of the Indigenous players and how quick they are across the ground. Well, well Dennis was um, – he's right up there. You know, he, he's, a, he's a super, super um, charged athlete, you know, and his, his, his capacity to run. And uh, – I threw down the challenge to him, Tone. Um, I don't know whether he'll be up for this, but he, having come from a rugby background, he, he said to me uh, that um, he probably felt that he was more of a chance slotting a goal from a set shot with a place kick oh. rather than a drop putt. <laughs> and the, the place kick, I am reliably informed, is still legal in Australian rules football. The only issue would be the time factor taken to, yeah. to plant. Yeah, well, you've the, got 30 seconds. You've got 30 seconds. But but I, I've told Dennis I still want to see a place kick executed yeah. by you before your career ends. The last one we saw was Tony Ongarello for Fitzroy. I, I can't remember how long ago that was. It might have been the 1950s, 1960s of Brunswick Street. And Ongarello lined up the um, the... The place kick because his his drop punts for goal were were just atrocious. They were yeah. going at right angles, and he remembers seeing a South player, Jack Graham, kick a place kick down the lakeside over years before as a kid. Yeah, and he dragged the place kick out for that particular game, and he said what he remembers most was when he was after he placed the ball at Brunswick Street. And counting back his paces, how he can remember the Fitzroy supporters counting with him. Oh, One, that's two, fantastic. three, <laughs> So uh, we well, might d- see... D- Dennis would live forevermore oh, uh, if he, if he well, put that one off in his home state. Yes, He is yes. due to play, is he not? Uh, well, we, well, we believe so. He's, uh, yeah. he's, uh, he's in the mix for selection. Dennis, if you're listening, we want a place kick from you. Yes. If you're in, anywhere within 50 and, you know, and uh, you've got a, a set shot... Please just keep it. it in mind. Yes. Keep it in mind. We want to see it. Um, and can I just say congratulations to him on a great career. And um, 27 is a unique, almost a unique number at the Carlton Football Club because the players who've won it have been, have just been loved. They have been those cult heroes. You look at Luke O'Sullivan. Yes. Um, Des English. Des English was um, another one. I think, uh, you know, geez, David Dixon, I reckon, played in the premiership at Carlton wearing 27-72. And, Tony, as fate would have it, yesterday... Uh, the club lost a former number 27, Mac Wilson. He yeah. played about nine games for Carl in the war years, around yeah. 43, 44. Uh, 103 he was. The oldest living former league footballer uh, of any club. Um, we did have one that trumped him, Newton Chandler, that was 103 years, six months when he died in 1997. Well, Mac was 103 years, one month and one day. So he got close, but at the time, um, at the time prior to yesterday, he was the oldest living former league footballer. So rest in peace, Mac Wilson, number twenty-seven for the Carlton Football Club. There we go. Well done to all uh, who've carried that number. Um, well, that's it from us here at uh, the Two Tones, Tony DeBolfo. Thank you, Tone. Great pleasure to talk to you. And Tony Moakley at signing out. Thank you to Grace uh, for your work as producer. And we will catch you next week on the Two Tones. Go Blues.